Women Taking the Lead, episode 200. I think, yeah, whether it was a a bad boss or a bad relationship, sometimes those things that we identify as being something that we really did not enjoy and we definitely don't want to experience again become our sort of guiding principles by which we go into the next relationship or the next job or the next career. So, yeah, definitely. Those are things to pay attention to for sure. I think someone said to me once, if you can't figure out what you want, then uh, make a list of things that you don't want. And that uh, things become rapidly a lot clearer after you do that. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Have you grabbed your copy of my best-selling book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash accomplished to access the secrets to achievement and success. Now, Your future awaits, so let's get started. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at ZebraLoveWebSolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Nikki Groom, who is a digital marketer, brand strategist, and content marketing expert for business leaders and entrepreneurs who want to build a profitable business while making the world a better place. She is also the founder of the 100 Stories Worth Telling Project which seeks to amplify the voices of women entrepreneurs all over the world by sharing their real-life stories of overcoming adversity. And she's a firm believer that all businesses should lead with empathy. Nikki, it is such an honor to have you here. We were just chatting about, um, before we hit record, about how we connected and then I saw you everywhere, which really affirmed for me that you are who you say you are in your bio. Like you are a a magical brand strategist. So it's an honor to have you here. And if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Well, you've actually kind of caught me at a bit of a transitional point in my business. So many people, if you ask them, would know me as a copywriter, first and foremost. And it's not that I'm not a copywriter anymore. It's more that I've really begun tapping into, okay, well, what are my core strengths? What are those things that really light me up? Um, And one of those things is strategy. I live and breathe strategy. So um, when um, I guess sort of going all the way back to my humble beginnings, as you called them, uh, my mom was a teacher. She taught me to read and write at at a pretty young age. Um, I used to read book after book after book after book, and I used to love writing stories. And it's funny when you're young, you just kind of assume that you'll grow up and everything will be super simple. And, you know, you'll just click your fingers and be whatever you want. And I just assumed you know, when I grow up, I'll be a writer. Um, And then when I was about 14, I think it was at school, they had us do one of those um, sort of career assessment questionnaires. And it's, it kind of spat out at the end, well, you should probably be a journalist. Um, I think there were a couple of other things in there as well. But I was like, okay, you know, I can do that. So I did a whole bunch of different pieces of work experience at local radio with my local paper. Then when I went off to university, I was the news editor for the radio station. I wrote a number of pieces for the paper. And um, after 
university, I actually began working for the local television station. And that um, that didn't work out. And I definitely I'm happy to kind of come back to that a little bit and, and explain some more about what happened, because it was a very challenging time for me. But essentially, after that, I kind of I describe it as falling into. But um, someone's told me off as saying that before, you know, don't say that you're lucky. Don't say that you fell into something. Um because maybe it's just a case of being a master manifester. So let's say I manifested this job <laughs> as a uh, marketing manager for the UK subsidiary of a global manufacturer. I ended up working with that company for years and years on both sides of the Atlantic. Um, when I first did that job, I really didn't know that much. I mean, I was so green, um, but you know, I managed to do so much for that company and they were so grateful. And it taught me that, you know, if you, put your mind to something you can if you really want something enough you can figure it out and you can you can do it um so this is kind of like the really condensed version of my humble beginnings and how I came to be where I am today but when I first left my marketing career my corporate marketing career to start my own business I sort of went back to that first love and that idea of writing and writing for a living and writing for other people which is hence the copywriting and as I say, um, sort of bringing us up to the present day, I, um, I've decided that I, yeah, I definitely want to be doing, I want to be tapping into all of my strengths and I don't want to be, um, only focused on one area necessarily. So, um, I've been saying yes to quite a few exciting projects recently. Like last November, I was hired by someone to launch their book and it went to number one on Amazon and it was like number four new release in, in, uh, sorry, number one new release in four different categories. And then in December, I was story coaching speakers for this big international leadership event, both things that I had never done before, but I was like, Hey, let's give it a go. I think I can do this. Um, so kind of, it was, it's almost been this sort of echo of what I did when I was, you know, 22 and I was a marketing manager and I was like, okay, I, I haven't done this before, but I think I can do it and just kind of throwing myself in there and just starting and um, figuring out, figuring it out as I, uh, as I went along, as I go along and, and yeah, really thinking on my feet. So I guess that's something I, I like to do. Yeah, I love that. You know, and what jumped out at me, what you said was the reframe on falling into a job, because I've heard myself say that too. Oh, I just kind of fell into it. it was just there. I love the reframe of like, well, maybe you're just a master manifester. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to take that with me forever um, and share that with other people. And I do I do love the story like and what you're saying about how that you're now following your gut and, you know, you don't have it figured out 100 percent, but it's working. Right. And I can hear the confidence that like this, I'm still figuring it out, but this is working and it's happening and things are aligning. I love I love hearing those stories of women who, you know, just get back to their roots, to their first loves, and they apply it to what's going on in their life right now. And that lends them confidence, knowing that, you know, they're following the right path, they're doing the right work. So that is amazing. Um, it's so great to hear that. Um, but as you know, you, you like you said, you've been listening to some episodes. So you know, we always go back to like the bottom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, that moment when we are playing small, because I think that's a human experience and we can all relate to that. Um, but there's such victory in the realization and overcoming it and, and 
you know, declaring, I'm never going to let that happen again. So Nikki, if you could tell us about a time in your life when you were playing small and share with us the lessons you've learned. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're definitely, you know, the first thing that jumps to mind here, the first time in my life is when I was a teenager, I was extremely shy. Um, in fact, I was as a, as a small child as well. And people would always say, oh, Nikki's so quiet. My parents would say, yes, isn't she? Well, you don't see her at home. And I would definitely open up more there. But, you know, this carried through into my teen years. And I didn't feel confident in myself. I didn't feel like I had a voice. I didn't feel like I could speak up for myself necessarily in, in certain situations and I definitely felt on the outskirts of things often I had sort of a small group of great friends um but I felt like a spectator oftentimes and I think that for me my writing was a kind of form of escapism you know it was a way for me to express myself that didn't involve actually speaking up and using my voice so um you know, I remember, I think I was 15 and I did, I think it was like two weeks at my local newspaper shadowing a reporter. And I actually wrote a whole bunch of little pieces for the paper as well, which was really exciting. But I probably didn't say much during that time in, in retrospect. And I remember that the managing editor at the end of my time had to write a little report for the school to tell them how I got on. And, you know, attendance, great, punctuality, great. Sort of all, I had all these check marks, but then he, he wrote a short paragraph, like, I don't think, something to the effect of, I don't think that Nikki can ever become a journalist because, you know, she doesn't really have the personality. She's um, too quiet. And I just remember feeling so infuriated by that because I just thought, you don't know me and you don't know what I'm capable of. Um, and so I really think from that day on, I kind of set out to prove him wrong. And I definitely have had that at other times in my life as well. So I remember when a friend of mine at college um, at university kind of laughed at the idea of me living abroad. And now I live in the States and I've lived here for nine years. So it's like I have this sort of like it's almost like if someone throws down the gauntlet, I just have this. I'm just impelled to kind of prove them wrong and do it anyway. And um, I guess you could sum it up by saying I like a good challenge. And if you give me a challenge, I will take it between my teeth and, and run with it. And I think I'm mixing up my metaphors here, but you get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I totally get it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that can be one of the most frustrating experiences is when you have that moment where your feeling is, wow, you don't know me. Yeah. You, you don't understand me. You don't know where you're coming from. And I remember like a time in my life where that, that was just the most frustrating thing. Um, and I can also relate to the competitiveness of like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to show you, you know, how wrong yeah. you are about me. And that can be motivating. I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with, you know, people, you know, there, I mean, there's something to be said for the experience of, I have nothing to prove, but there's also something very energizing <laughs> in the experience of, I'm going to show you, I'm going to prove that you are wrong. So you can see, but it's more for me than it is for the other person. And that's, that's what I heard and what you were saying. Like, like the, the, it was almost like the kick in the pants that you needed to, to start yourself showing yourself what you were capable of. 
Definitely, definitely. And one thing that I keep coming back to recently is because a friend of mine said this to me and I was like, oh, you're you're so right. But you teach what you need to learn. And Mm. so even now today, (laughs) you you know, I'm not shy anymore. I'll go, you know, I'll speak to anyone at a networking event. I don't have a problem with talking to people anymore. I definitely um, I'm comfortable being interviewed and using my voice and speaking up um, to an extent. But there's definitely still um, some hesitance around putting myself out there that I feel like I have to continually push through and I have to, mm-hmm. it's like almost, I, I'm almost, um, constantly challenging myself to do more, to show up more. You know, the fact that you said at the beginning that you've seen me around a lot, like that's, that's fantastic. And that's what I want to help, uh, you know, my community with and, and other women like me who are so ambitious and want to accomplish so much but are holding themselves back. And so if I can lead by example in any way, then that makes me really happy. And thank you for underscoring that. Like you're doing this, but it's not because you're natural at it. It's something you've had to work at, putting yourself out there and sharing more and more of yourself. But what I'm hearing also in what you're saying is like, the more you make a practice of it, the easier it's getting to do. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like anything. Yeah. If you practice it, you're going to get better at it. And so I remember when, um, so not long after that event, it was probably a year or two after that, I started volunteering at hospital radio and suddenly. I uh, I was presenting on air. I had to go around and ask the patients if they had a song that they'd like to hear on the radio. And it was like, it just started really sort of pushing me out of my comfort zone. And then, of course, I went up to university and didn't know a soul. And I was cooped up in this little university uh, room. And I came out and, and, and had to go and knock on someone's door and just say, hi, I'm Nikki. Who are you? And it was like, <laughs> the ultimate in terms of putting myself out there. And so I, like you say, it was, it just became this practice. And then I went on to this marketing career and um, I had to sit with ad reps and I'd never sat with an ad rep, but I had to just keep putting myself out there, keep um, having these conversations, keep using my voice and speaking up for what I wanted or what I wanted for the company I was working for. And uh, yeah, it just got easier and easier and easier, but still it's not, easy sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) it's still, I get it. It still takes mindfulness and thought. Like I started doing Facebook live video and it was nerve wracked with it, you know, and then it got easier and then I fell off. Like the holidays hit and I wasn't doing it as much. And I was like, I'll do it now. And it just wasn't a good time. And now I think about it daily and I'm still not doing it. So it's still, you know, even sometimes when you first start and you're comfortable with it, it still takes the practice of doing it if it's not something you would do naturally. So I totally get that. And so continuing on, Nikki, I'd love to hear another story. This one is your wake up call or your aha moment, like when a light bulb goes off for you. So if you could share with us a story that led up to that light bulb moment, and then the actions you took that led to your success. Yeah, so Again, I'm just going with the first story that jumps into my head here. But I remember when I had the opportunity to uh, move to America, basically. And so, as I had mentioned earlier, I was the UK marketing manager for this global company. And I'd been there about five years and I was looking for a new challenge. And I'd actually been looking at jobs in London. I'd been offered a gig in London. And I had a really good relationship with my boss there. He was kind of my first mentor. And I said to him, hey, like, I just wanted you to know that I've been offered this job and what do you think I should do? And he said, well, I think you should 
I don't think you should take it. I think that you should wait. I don't think they're offering you enough money, which was a really, a really nice thing to hear from your boss. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think some, I think another opportunity is going to come up for you and just give it a few months. And he had, he had no idea. I still believe to this day he had no idea, but within a few months, the marketing manager for the US subsidiary, for the North American subsidiary, sorry, uh, she handed in her two weeks notice. So we suddenly got this email saying, hey, it's been great working with you. And when I read that email, my stomach did this somersault. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And I remember saying, I remember speaking with my boss shortly afterwards. And he was like, did you see that email? And we both had the same thought that maybe I could come over to the States and I could help them out for a bit. I think he was hoping that I would come for three months or maybe a year tops and then head home again. Um, but anyway, I remember driving home from work that day and, and thinking I could, I could move to America. And then I, I almost like blocked myself by saying that's, that's crazy. That's stupid. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then I, there was sort of this other voice like, no, that's exactly what you should do. There was this thrill at just the very thought of it. And I ended up coming over here, I think the paperwork was sorted out within about six months, and suddenly I'm over here I'm trying to find a place, trying to find a new car, and uh, trying to find my feet in a country where I literally know nobody. And I've I've left everything and everyone I've ever known behind me in the UK, and I've come over with literally like three suitcases. And uh, you know, talk about taking a risk. But I think for me, yeah, really, it was that it was that moment, and I remember it so clearly. You know driving home and thinking, I can't, I can't do that. That's crazy. I can't move to America. And actually it was the very thing that I had to, I had to do. And I found that that sort of little piece of the story has been repeated in other mm-hmm. areas of my life as, as I've gone along. So obviously there was a moment for me when I thought, well, I think I want to start my own business. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. You can't. And, and that was exactly the thing that I had to do. I used to do Muay Thai kickboxing. And I remember, um, I really wanted to put myself forward for a fight in the ring, like a full combat fight. And again, I thought, you can't do that. And actually, I think that that was more terrifying than leaving my job (laughs) or leaving my country. It was getting in the ring and having a full on fight with someone. Um, But I did it. I trained for six weeks harder than I've ever trained in my life. And I actually ended up winning the thing, which I did not expect. So I think that, again, it comes back to the idea of, you know, I guess it's that it, I guess it's fear and the unknown and that uncertainty. But I've found that that is the space where some really interesting things can emerge. Mm, I love that, Nikki. Thank you for coalescing that at the end, because what I was thinking was, oh, she already answered my question, because sometimes as a follow up question to the story is, well, how are you applying that in your life today? Right. Because the an aha moment that you don't put into action is like useless. It feels really good in the moment, like, oh, that's what I need to do. But if you don't act on it, it's gone. Um, But you did act on it. And it's had a ripple effect in your life because you were sharing right from the get go with your business that these opportunities have come up and you may not have felt 100 percent ready, but they were there and you went for it and they're working. And they're working out and you you brilliantly just gave us a bunch of examples in your life of how this aha moment has stuck with you and you've been putting it into practice in your life. Well done. 
Thank you. Yes, thank you. And and I do. That is definitely one of my favorite lessons that kind of like just starts. And actually, I don't know if you've heard of Jonathan Fields Camp GLP, but I was there at the end of last August and there was a post-it note wall where people could kind of write um, their lessons or intentions or thoughts for the day. And someone decided to at the end of camp, um, it's bas- basically like a gathering of um people who either they might have a business or you know they might not but they just want to really connect on a meaningful level so it's a re- it's it's a really cool few days but anyway someone collected up all the post-it notes and then said um in the facebook group, group hey who wants to receive one of these post-it notes i can send one out to everyone and she sent one out to me and it says start now so i've stuck it up in front of me and <laughs> in front of my desk but i'm like oh my goodness what other chances that that came to me because that's what i that's what I've learned. I have to kind of almost force myself to live by, you know, so otherwise I'll never do anything. Yeah. Start now. Love yeah. it. Yeah. And Nikki, maybe this applies to the next question because I, I'm always curious about how people would describe their own leadership style. Cause there, there are fundamentals to leadership, you know, certain, if you're going to be a good leader, you have to be a good communicator. You've got to be good with people, those sort of things. But depending on your personality type and your strengths and your past experience, we all have different nuances to our style of leadership. So how would you describe your leadership style? Yeah, great question. I love this question. So definitely the first word that comes to mind is real. And that has been something that people have told me in the past that they really admired and liked about me um, and that drew them to me. And it's something that has kind of become a principle for me in the way that I lead, because I don't ever want to pretend that I'm something I'm not. I don't ever want to pretend that I have all the answers. I definitely don't. Yes, I, I'm uh, I, I'm considered to be an expert in different areas, but there's always there's always more that I could learn. There's always more that I can take from different experiences and situations and conversations. So um, you know, just being real and I guess instead of leading, I would say maybe leading from within. So leading from inside my community that, that you know, community is an, is a very high value for me and connection is incredibly important to me. Um, and I, you know, I have this community movement makers and it's so important to me that everyone feels included and that everyone feels safe to share um, and that everyone feels seen and heard and understood. And it could well be because that's something that I struggled with early on in life, feeling seen and heard and understood. And maybe that's why it's so important for me to make sure that other people feel that way now. Um, but I definitely think that that's a responsibility of mine as a leader. Um, I also talk a lot about leading with empathy. Um, I think that that could be the name of my future book, um, which I'm supposed to be writing this year. So hold me to that Jody. okay um, <laughs> um but yeah you know again just coming from a place of of compassion and really understanding where you know whoever whoever your clients are whoever your customers are whoever you're trying to serve how are they feeling what are they struggling with and how can you speak to that um but no and, and I think it's so important because I think you know we're being sold to from every single different angle and it just gets a bit much sometimes and it gets a bit overwhelming so how can you really connect with people on a meaningful level um in a way that that makes them feel like they know you and in a way that makes them feel safe and in a way that makes them uh, feel like they can trust you and you know that's leading with empathy that's um that's being real and that is um telling stories as well mm-hmm. that's i know that that's something that's a passion of yours and definitely that 
is one thing that led to the creation of my 100 stories worth telling project is Mm -hmm. that amazing things happen when you share your story and when you share it from a place of wanting to help, you know, and rather than, Hey, look at me, I'm incredible. Look at all these things I've accomplished. You know, it's not necessarily sharing the highlights reel, although there is a time and a place for that, you know, when it comes to PR and stuff, but what was the real struggle that you went through? What's your true story? And, um, like I say, I I know that that's something you're passionate about as well. Yeah. And I really, I, I love that you said this because it's absolute. what I found is, I mean, I haven't done scientific research on it, but what I'm hearing again and again and again, and what I know to be true is the experience we have when we're younger, you know, and it doesn't have to be a certain age, but an experience we have that we're not pleased with, it's almost like it hardwires us to make sure nobody ever feels that way. You know, and so we tend to start to lead from that place because I've had my own experience from prior jobs where I didn't feel supported and I didn't, you know, I felt like I was like kind of like doing all the work myself and, you know, that that my leaders, you know, weren't didn't care as much as I did. And I noticed that when I started taking on leadership roles, I was going out of my way to make sure nobody on my team felt that way. Like I would go above and beyond. And and that's why I say hardwired. I didn't think about it that much, a little bit, but not that much. It was it was just it then becomes a part of who you are, the experience that you want to create for others. Definitely. I think, yeah, whether it was a, a bad boss or a bad relationship, sometimes mm-hmm. those things that we identify as being something that we really did not enjoy and we definitely don't want to experience again become our sort of guiding principles by which we go into the next relationship or the next job or the next career. So yeah, definitely. Those are things to pay attention to for sure. I think someone said to me once, um, you know, if you can't figure out what you want, then uh, make a list of things that you don't want. And that uh, things become rapidly a lot clearer after you do that. Mm -hmm. Love that advice. And Nikki, what's one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? Yeah, so I think when this episode's released, my new website is going to be up and live, which is so exciting because it has definitely been a mammoth production. It's been a long time coming, but it looks so cool. It looks awesome. I know I'm I'm blowing my own trumpet here, but I had a great team, a great designer and developer um, on board, which really, really helped. Um, And I've laid out some new offerings on there. And I have um, tons of stuff that's coming up this year in terms of... um, just just in the past, I've focused more on working one on one with clients and not that I won't be doing that as much, but I'm more focused on working with a, a smaller handful of clients one on one. And there's just this overwhelming de- desire to serve my community um, on a grander scale. So definitely watch this space. And, and I would absolutely love, you know, if people hop over to NikkiGroom.com and uh, come and join the community that we have and uh, get to get to know what's going on with with me and with us a little bit more. That would be amazing. Yes. And for those of you who are already taking notes, it's N-I-K-K-I-G-R-O-O-M.com. So we'll definitely mention that again before we wrap up, but wanted to make sure people knew where to find it now. So if you're messing around on your iPad, you can go do that. (laughs) And on the flip side of things, Nikki, what's the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now? Yeah, I think for me, um, I'm definitely at a place where, and I think I've mentioned this before we started the interview, but um, I'm kind of in, in because I'm in this transitional place in my business, 
Um, and so much is changing all at once. What I'm realizing is, and I've kind of, I've known this on some level for a long time. You know, I have a virtual assistant, but I think for me, one of the key things moving forward is to gather around me a team that can really help lift me up to that, that next level. Um, you know, I can't do everything. Um, I, you know, it's just, it's just not possible. So that's going to be really key. And I think that, um, you know, I've, I've been working very closely with a, an awesome client. She's a, di- a divi- uh, can't speak diversity consultant. Um, and she has such an amazing team around her. So just working with them makes me realize more and more how important it is. Like you, you can't be answering every email and you can't be, um, kind of, you, you need to delegate. And, and in doing that, you need to be able to, um, give people space to be their own leaders as well and to take responsibility. So I think that that's my biggest challenge right now. Nice. All right, Nikki, now we're going into the quick leadership roundup. So you don't have to tell stories here, one or two sentences for each question. Okay. And so the first one is, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Meditating. What advice would you give your younger self? Speak up. (laughs) (laughs) And share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. And this one you can feel free to expand on a little bit because you were so tight with the other questions. I know. know. Perfect. I think it would be just start. And I know I talked about that earlier, but it's something that I have to keep coming back to myself because I just think that we can hold ourselves back so much just because we tell ourselves that we're not good enough or it's not ready yet or this, that and the other. And um, sometimes you just have to do the best you can with what you have and put the best version of something out there. Um, And you can always iterate, you know, you can always change things later. So whether it's copy on your website or it's a new course or it's a new website, whatever it might be just get it out there and then maybe there's there are some things afterwards that you can do that you can tweak to improve improve it but you know you might you might put something out there and you might launch to crickets and then you know that maybe you need to pivot or change direction or change something more major so I definitely think that that's my lesson there we go I rambled a bit more with that one (laughs) I love it just start which is bringing me back around to have you started your book Oh, so, okay. So here's actually, this is a great piece of advice. Um, so again, this was at Camp GLP. One of the speakers talked about if you have something that you want to start, a project that you want to, this is, um, actually Charlie Gilkey, um, from Productive Flourishing. And he talks about how to start finishing. So <laughs> he says, if you want to start finishing, you've got to just start. And you, um, instead of saying, I want to write a book someday or I'm thinking about creating a course this year. You have to completely change the way you say that to people. So instead of saying, you know, I'm thinking about writing a book, just say I'm writing a book, because as soon as you switch that and make it more of an active sentence, then you sort of feel innately compelled to actually start doing it. So I've been saying I'm writing a book, um, mm-hmm. but technically I'm still in the, in the planning stages. But that is definitely something that I want to do. And um, so, yeah, I'm writing a book. And actually, I took that advice as well. Um, I for a long, long, long time, I wanted to launch a podcast. And someone said to me, um, I, I really dug what he was up to. And he said, well, I said, I'd, I'd love to support you however I can. And he said, well, how would you like to do that? So I said, I'm launching a podcast. And then <laughs> immediately afterwards, I was like, 
he said, yeah, yeah, I'd love to be interviewed. And immediately afterwards, I was like, what did I just do? So I had to go out and shop for my fancy <laughs> microphone and gear and figure out how to do the thing, find someone who could come and support me um, with launching that. Um, but with the new website, I have three episodes up and ready to go. And I have about three other episodes in the bag and more plans. So that's really exciting to me as well. So, yeah, I, th- I think that that simple reframe can be super powerful. Mm-hmm. I can totally see that. All right, Nikki, lastly, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? The best way, I love social media. And so pretty much everywhere, I'm Nikki Groom, N-I-K-K-I-G-R-O-O-M. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever it might be, come say hi, connect with me, follow me, I'll follow you back. Um, and also, as I mentioned earlier, my Movement Makers community. So again, you can go to NikkiGroom.com and um and yeah, you sort of dig around there. I can't remember which page it is on now because I'm in the mm-hmm. middle of it. I think it might be forward slash community. But either way, um, if you come in there, I'm in there all the time and we're having some really great conversations. There's like a, this sort of hardcore crew who always contribute, who always show up. And it's just it's really, really nice. Everyone's very supportive and uplifting. And actually, I had someone who had said, you know, she she saw me uh, announce my Facebook group and was kind of like, you know what, I'm jaded by Facebook groups I don't want to join another one and then she left it a little bit and decided all right I'm going to give it a go so she came in and she actually now is a member of only about three Facebook groups and mine is one of them and she just really appreciates the connections that are happening in there and um, she says you know it has this real sort of authentic vibe in comparison to other places so that was like the ultimate compliment so definitely come over there and join me and say hi and get stuck in. Nice. NikkiGroom.com is where they'll be able to, it's kind of the hub. I'm imagining where all your social media buttons are there. They can find the community and connect with you. So perfect. So for those of you who are on the go, you know, you can find the links and resources shared in this episode at WomenTakingTheLead.com. If you put Nikki's name in the search bar, N-I-K-K-I, her show notes page will pop right up. And Nikki, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Jodi. All right, ladies, I'm going to talk straight because I know you ambitious, high-achieving, entrepreneurial women appreciate that. I know some of you are struggling and you find yourself saying, I know what to do to achieve my goal. I'm just not doing it. And you're struggling with having the time, energy, or willpower to move forward in your business or career. You may even be thinking you've developed adult ADD. I can help you with that, and you'll soon be surprised by how much you are able to get accomplished. No more going it alone, suffering silently while another year goes by. Send me an email at Jodi, J-O-D-I, at womentakingthelead.com, and let's get the conversation started. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, 
it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.